Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Charlie's Angle. I am your host, Charlie Crable, and with me as always is my producer, show sponsor from Apex Media, and co-host Jeff Pitcher. Hello there. Today we have a very special guest. We are combining the Charlie's Angle and Downstate Abbey podcasts this week for a very special event that's taking place on Mother's Day, and it's always a pleasure to have Abby Ballard uh, from Downstate Abbey with us to talk about something that's happened about this weekend. So, Abby, take it away. Well, certainly. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to talk to you guys and talk to our listeners. Um, so anyone who's listened to past episodes knows that uh, we share a lot of the same concerns about the direction that our state is taking. Uh, a lot of this began about a year ago plus with the, you know, really the launching of the bail reform that has taken a situation that needed needed. To, fixing and actually made it far worse than it was in its original state. So um, that being said, I know I've spoken a lot about the bail reform. And since then, uh, no none of us could have imagined that COVID-19 would be what it was. But once the bail reform came onto the scene here in New York State, it was closely followed by an unprecedented pandemic and a variety of governmental responses that were questionable at best, in my opinion, and um, downright sociopathic in other regards. So I've really been just trying to build some momentum and give people a voice who I feel have been forgotten and whose, whose valuable insights have been completely overlooked. And you were kind enough to uh, let your listeners know about a rally that I hosted in Albany back in March, and that actually mm -hmm. went better than I anticipated. There was uh, well over 200 people in attendance. A number nice. of them came from downstate and from western parts of the state, Long Island as well. So I really stand here to say that I, we're not alone in this. You know, I, I think that we can easily be made to feel like we're in the minority, and I'm not certain that's the case either, honestly. So the time for us to push back against a lot of these policies is now because that this is a style of government that's not going to stop. It's not going to put the power back in the hands of the people uh, in and of itself. It's not going to have a breakthrough of conscience in which it realizes, oh, yeah, we've we've really sold out the entire public and the most vulnerable. We're not dealing with people that have that level of social conscience. So my efforts have been to just inform people, to host these rallies, and to kind of create a common ground where people can speak and be heard. That's why I launched the cancelcuomo.com website, although I realize the issue of Cuomo and his impact on the state is part of the problem. We have an entire administration and a total imbalance of power that is really feeding into the, mm -hmm. the disaster that we're seeing. Um, in addition to that, downstateabbey.org is a website I launched a couple of months ago. And again, I'm trying to advocate for the downstate communities who I feel have been sold out. I really do. I think a lot of these communities are viewed as being political capital, and that's it. They, you know, There's a lot of people that think they can, they can bribe and uh, you know, coerce a voter base. But I think these people are waking up to see that they have been sold out. They've been endangered and everything that government should be doing to protect them and advocate for them is not happening. And on the contrary, um, they're literally being thrown under the bus politically and with a lot of uh, social programs that are completely degenerate in nature. So yeah, you I mean, and you really saw that a lot happening um, during, you know, during this pandemic about like how corrupt and inept our government, you know, can be. I mean, I we, we've gone ad nauseum about some of the, you know, a lot of the restrictions that were put in place and some of the but you even are still hearing some of this today. Yesterday, at one of, you know, govern the governor's press conferences that he finally all of a sudden allowed the press to be at. Imagine. Um, you have the health commissioner that's talking. They're talking about the vaccines and. 
like while they're dancing around saying that we're not forcing everybody to get a vaccine and stuff like that, they're making mention of the, you know, activities that you're now allowed to do if you're vaccinated. You know right. what I mean? As an incentive. And so, like, you know, playing on what you're saying is that you, you have the government here who's now who's restricted our rights so much that they're not actually giving them back. They're just actually saying, OK, now here's what you're allowed to do. Here's what you're not. What's it? Took away your freedom, but here, okay, have a little. Have a little, and and I think that like to what to your point, you know, when you're talking about, I know that the bail reform is a big, big driver for a lot of the things that you're doing and everything like that, but it just snowballs into everything else. Yeah, is just that you know, first of all, the level of government corruption and what's happening in the state, and you know, it's becoming very plainly obvious that what we're going to have to do, I think, what people are going to have to do is they're going to have to take the state back. They're going to have to reach out, and they're going to, you know, these these freedoms that were never governments to take away from us to begin with, they're not going to give them back. There's never been an instance where government has taken freedoms back and have just completely restored them. It's never happened, and without I, a fight, not w- w- without a fight, <laughs> yeah. and 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 I really think that. Um, we really are at a point right now where, you know, it's not going to be enough to stand up to, you know, to our lawmakers and say, hey, you need to do this. I think we're going to have to force the issue at some point. Yeah, I, I I mean, probably I, I don't necessarily think necessarily violently or anything like that. But I, I while Jeff gets violent with the microphone, I'm just, I'm just so angry. <laughs> well, yeah, it's not. I mean, I just I, I, I think that I, I think that we're going to have to force the issue. I really do as people who are concerned. And I think you're right. I mean, it's down. You know, you, you, you hear from downstate a lot right now. And I think that, that a lot, lot more people are realizing that they've been sold up the river you know i mean when the nursing home controversies uh broke in this state one of the leading voices against it was the queen's democrat assemblyman ron kim now there's an argument that you can make that he's part of the problem because he created the situation that allowed for this to happen yeah but if he if he had an arc you know and he's like you know what this is a bad idea and he's gonna recant on that that's fine yeah, I get it. I so people can change their mind for the right things, right? It is, but I think what it, what what you're seeing here is is that like first of all, all of the big response that was happening, and you know, the governor being you know hailed as his hero was only for New York City, was only for areas south of the Tappan Zee Bridge. He, I mean, he even had admitted at one point that he, they weren't even tracking infection rates in upstate New York. They just, I mean, like a month into it, they weren't even tracking it. Can I just pause Go there and say what I thought was really comical um, among a number of things? Sure. Was when he had a camera crew watching him, and he always has the bomber jacket on when he's doing something memorable. You know what? Oh he's- yeah. <laughs> so he's down. He, he he's got the camera crew. They go down into a subway. This is shortly after Garrett Goble got killed di- as a direct result of Cuomo's bail reform. Garrett Goble um, was a motorman uh, uh, who was killed by a repeat offender who'd been released, and um, Garrett Goble died a hero in my book, and will get the honor he deserves as long as long as I have a chance to make that happen. I'll right. be sure that happens. But shortly after that, Cuomo goes down, and he is on camera sanitizing, spraying sanitizer onto the seats of the subway, and he literally says, "We've never done this before." <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, what planet are we on that mass transit never gets sanitized? You have people defecating, urinating, tracking who knows what onto these things. And these marginalized communities rely on transportation such as the subway. And, oh, wow, we've never done this before. Cameras rolling. I mean, what planet are we on that that this is a proud moment that he wants to, you know, flex and have the bomber on and, you know, bomber flex moment? It's ridiculous. Do you think if we... um... 
if we had been sanitizing our public transit this entire time, maybe we wouldn't have had a pandemic. I think a little isopropyl alcohol would have gone a long I, way. You know, just a li- <laughs> just a just a little bit. I, I mean, mean, here it's it. it <sighs> It, it, it's really it's laugh. It would be laughable if it wasn't so heartbreaking. It honestly, is. you know. It's, and then, oh yeah, I could go on. But but, but and, and and the thing is, is that you know, a guy like this governor will be the first one. Now, let's remember, in the effort of like trying to pretend like he was like this big inclusion type of governor, went on a big rant about you know certain people who are not welcome in New York State anymore. A long time ago, that if you're conservative or whatever, you're not welcome. I mean, here. I feel I mean, like that smells yeah. like unity, don't you? Yeah, I, I also feel like I'm very welcome. <laughs> hearing those things. Yeah. Granted, I'm not that conservative. It's so. not red and blue, Charlie. It's red, white, and blue. Red, okay. white, Don't uh, get it twisted. absolutely. Well, but then what white I, people aren't allowed. Is but, that what we're doing? But what <laughs> I'm finding is that his policies and his his attitudes and 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 really state government as a whole, it, it, they do more to affect particularly people of color and in poorer communities mm-hmm. and things like that. Like you mentioned, like the MTA, who's using mass transit. More often than not in New York. Well, I mean, everybody in New York City uses mass transit pretty much. But your poor, disaffected communities of color yeah, rely I on mean, transportation can, a lot can, more than Yeah, other I, I people. can jump on that tangent real quick if you want to give Go me a, well, you know, 90 seconds. I, take show, it. Oh, is it? All right, yeah, It's then. a couple, well, yeah, show. Whatever. This is, oh, this is like the only time my voice comes on your show, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Well, we need I'm, to change that. It needs I'm to happen all, more no, often, it's, honestly. It's just nothing but dumb jokes and Star Wars references. You don't Sometimes that's that. all you need in the moment, It does. It breaks the ice. Sometimes that is all you need. On my podcast that Jeff was so kind to record, although not speak in, there was an episode called Black Lives Battered, and you can go back and listen to it, but I'm going to tell you right now, I stand by everything I said in that episode 110% now because I'm telling you right now communities of color have been sold out by this administration left right and sideways when you look at the bail reform and you look at the crimes that are on that reform that are absolutely disgraceful they are disproportionately crimes that impact communities of color and some of it is just the pure metrics of communities of color in urban settings such as downstate where you have millions of people whereas up here we have hundreds or tens of people in certain you know hamlets it's it's a difference of night and day and i understand that that being said the bail reform should have never happened in light of that because we have total anarchy erupting in these communities of color what we're seeing is an elitism that if you're looking close enough you can see it if you're not looking close enough you think everything is is hunky-dory and we have you know a governor who values social justice and i'm going to tell you right now that couldn't be further from the truth when you're looking at communities that rely on mass transit where people are literally getting their faces sliced off their heads by people who should not be out of prison have right. mental health issues or addiction issues you got women getting raped on the subway platform you got kids getting punched in the head i mean it goes on and on and on if you're not looking for it you know fine but it's happening every single day and no one cares meanwhile people that have money are hiring retired policemen and retired military by the hour to follow them around so they can run their errands in the city as their bodyguards yep so they're creating this divide okay you've got kids that haven't been in school in you know what 15 months now you've got kids that have been stuck home with mom's boyfriend who who beats the crap out of both of them and if he gets 
you know, brought to the authorities. He gets released because of the bail reform. We've got hate crimes erupting all over the place. The guy that trashed the synagogue two days ago, one judge demanded he be held because he had, I believe, 47 other counts. So what what do they do? This, this knuckle dragger from Legal Aid Society takes the case in front of another judge, Tara Collins, who says, well, sorry, in light of the bail reform, he has to be released. And it's happened time and again where, where people of Asian descent have been attacked and they've been attacked by people who shouldn't have been out in the first place or they've been attacked and the person has been brought to the authorities and they've been released again. It's disgusting. It, it's absolutely disgusting and, and, and it's just revolting and it's not just in New York City where you see this kind of thing happening. I mean, when we had talked about the last time, it this had just happened right before your first rally in March that you did, where you have a guy who was just let out of jail he's a sexual predator for sexual assault raping a teenager all of a sudden he abducts a 17 year old girl this is from you know north tonawanda outside of buffalo there he's out on bail after a arrest of sexually assaulting a teenager kidnaps a 17 year old girl the very like the day he's let out of jail and is found like six hours later in pennsylvania now this is Correct. now that I mean, I mean, a guy who should have never been anywhere near that person in the in, in the first place trolling. It turns out the same area that he was known to troll exactly. for other victims. A lot. I mean, he went right back. And then there was just something that happened this week. And I want to make mention of it because it's actually spreading, it seems, to other states mm-hmm. where we don't stop it is there's a very dear friend of mine and someone in her past that I've not that that. I've met and we both know he was just recently arrested in Pennsylvania for he was it was an undercover sting, but he was looking for a 15 year old boy, according to the allegations, who allegedly was being made available by a human trafficker. Okay, Mm -hmm. so you have this guy who's out there trying to do stuff like this Mm -hmm. and he doesn't see an ounce behind bars, a minute behind bars. No, for, and for you that. have we have a degenerate governor and degenerate individuals who put this reform together, who take crimes like promoting this uh, an obscene sexual act by a child, and that's on this reform stalking is on the reform stalking as a hate crime is on the reform. I mean, can everyone just stop and imagine what life must look like for people who are living in this living hell? Yeah. I mean, not everybody is as privileged as I am to live in an area where I can I can carry a piece. OK, yeah. I have a pistol permit. I can defend myself if I have to, if I have opportunity to and everything aligns. You know, these are people who don't have that no. ability and, and they, you know, and no one's advocating for them. And then, then they've got the nerve to stand there and, and say that they believe black lives matter and they don't show it when it matters most. They don't show it. And in my opinion, they're completely decimating the black community. They in absolutely my opinion. Are. And it's got to stop. And then on top of it, there's this, all this race baiting. Like I can be painted, you know, as a racist by certain groups. And I'm probably advocating harder for the communities of color than a lot of people are who are, are capitalizing on the you know political capital of their platforms. Well, and it's I've had enough. It's like a modern day slave trade, in my opinion, because there's money getting funneled into these community based legal advocacy agencies who are making bank on letting people loose who have no business being loose. It's cruel to the person being let loose if their crime is fueled by mental illness and addiction. It's absolutely 
absolutely cruel to the communities where repeat, repeat, repeat trauma is happening over and over and over, and they're literally making money off of this. It's disgusting. Well, and it's really disparaging to the memory of the person that prompted this whole legislation as it is anyway. Exactly. Because, you know, I mean, and let's let's just face it here. When we're talking about criminal justice reform, and we talk about a lot on my show, I know you talk about it a lot on your show, about the things that we need to reform and stuff like that. When we're talking about bail reform here, we're not talking about Jamal on the street corner who sells an ounce of weed because that's the only way in his community that he can make money. Mm -hmm. Granted, at the time, it would have been a crime, but I think the problem is is that he can't afford the same bail as Chad and Niska Yuna for selling the same. You know what I mean? It's just I, I so like that part of it. I I I understand the the point of it because it's it's not fair for one to face a consequence that the other. But, exactly. But when you're talking about and look at. I know you've talked to law enforcement officials. I've talked to law enforcement people. I've talked to people in, you know, that are in the attorney's offices that are, you know, everywhere. And every single person has told me that this bail reform has created so many problems, especially in light of the pandemic, because and I know we've used this example before, but it, it... I, I, I've heard from sheriffs and other police officers who have actually had this exact same scenario happen to them. They get called in the middle of a pandemic because a guy is depressed and angry about losing his job. He's already drunk. And so he's knocked his girlfriend and his kids around the house until they finally call the cops. They come in. They process him. They release him. Orders of protection mean absolutely nothing. It's just a piece of paper. I mean, you can't defend yourself with a piece of paper. No. And, 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 and they say more often than not, what happens is that these offenders, they go back to their homes. Yeah. Now, they're even more pissed because they ha- just got arrested by the cops. So guess what happens? Guess they- what ha- Can I guess what happens? Go ahead. Oh, guess okay, what let happens. me guess what happens. What happens is girlfriend and kids get the crap kicked out of them for months and months and months because he terrorizes them and says, you go to the cops, you're not going to live to see tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. So don't, don't tell me that there's less crime with these reforms. What happens is victim intimidation ramps up to the 18th power and people will not talk when something's being done. So the metrics that they tried to use in justifying this, first of all, they were looking at states that don't even remotely compare to New York. It's very hard to find a state that compares to New York in terms of demographics, in, term of, in terms yeah. of population, concentration, et cetera. But what they tried to do was sell it and say, oh, well, it's been successful in Oregon. And it's like, has it really been successful in Oregon? Because you're saying there's less crime. And what I'm seeing is there's less crime being reported. That's what I'm seeing happen. And they also tried to sell it to us by saying that, oh, these are these are nonviolent offenses. And I'm here to tell you right now, if you saw the list of what is deemed nonviolent offenses in the New York State Penal Code, it would make your skin crawl. They're crimes with human victim. Mm -hmm. Many of them are so disgraceful in nature that it would it would literally defy every ounce of conscience you have to look at that and say that's a nonviolent offense so our penal system is, is whack to begin with but beyond that this entire perversion of what should be pushing us toward social justice and bringing equality to the scenario that you said where you know you got Trent from Niskayuna you know who's got a mom and dad who can cough up quarter of a million in bail money yeah you know and you've got you know some young man who did the same offense and nobody's got gonna cough up money for him maybe he's homeless whatever to me the logical thing to do would be to say okay there's certain classifications of crime like let's say trent 
raped a girl at a party and then this other gentleman is, is accused of doing the same thing. Well, Trent doesn't get released. It doesn't matter if he no. can cough up a million in bail or not. Why not look at it and level the playing field that way and say if these are violent offenses with human victim and especially, especially if a crime was caught on surveillance footage, which is another thing that drives me insane, is that they'll have crimes that are literally high-definition footage, catches a person doing it, and they'll sit in a jail cell wait, awaiting trial for two years. Yeah. I mean, it's insane. Pedro Vinent Barcia, I've said it before, I'll say mm-hmm. it again, but yeah, this guy was, was on, is on camera and had multiple witnesses seeing him slash his ex-girlfriend to death, who he stalked, and standing over her body and asking, is she dead yet? I hope so. And he got released on March 27th, 2020, because of the COVID-19 jailbreak, because he was above the age of 55, and they were afraid he'd catch COVID in prison. So that's how this shit show, I'm going to say Go it, ahead. got started. Yeah. That, that set the tone. And you, you know, I'm going to tell you right now, that's been happening every single day. They're dumping inmates out, they out, are. out, and they're not tracking them. They're putting, they're putting them into hotels. You know, just like the child sex offenders, convicted child rapist from Monroe County that last spring got put into a Holiday Inn. Yeah. Explain to me why you can't keep them in prison, mask up, distance. None of it makes sense, Charlie. None of it makes sense. You can't look at this and make a, a single shred of justifiable anything out of this no there 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 really isn't i mean and it it, and you know what it's really too bad because i think what gets lost in all of this is i mean outside of everything that you're is about like the stuff that really does need to be reformed here it gets gets, you know and i'm not minimizing you know the victims and and everything like this and everything that's happening but it's just like oh my goodness you know we have things that we really do need to be reforming here i mean we're we're criminalizing people for non-criminal behavior and everything like that i totally get that and i mean we, we we really are i mean the thing is is that like you know we're talking about you know letting these violent criminals out you know, back out on the streets to and and then we're all we're doing is re-victimizing victims. Exactly is is here and, and no one and, cares. You know, no I'm, one is saying their names. And, no one is saying the name of the guy that gets his face cut, the girl that got practically disemboweled in December by a guy who got let loose on a dollar bail after killing a guy with his bare hands on a city street. Yeah, it's, nobody's uh, saying their names. You know, there, it's weird, disgusting. Weird sort of connection with this. So they were taking. Uh, they took the guy who was uh, fifty-five years old. Anyone over fifty-five who wasn't a violent offender was released right well how is he not a violent offender i was yeah. quoting yeah you were no, oh wait. that was air no quotes. See it. this <laughs> yeah. audio format oh that's right <laughs> this is why we need video guys yeah, yeah, yeah. yes yeah. Uh, so, so jeff they, air quoted that by the they way they release these people because they're afraid they get covid but at the same time the same administration sent covid patients to nursing homes while he was saying they were our most vulnerable people Let's just all observe a moment of silence for our state's complete lack of leadership. Oh, silence. I'm sorry. Yep. Yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous. It it, 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 it really is. And, and it's just, and you see, you see uh. more and more of this coming. And you know what the thing is, is that like, I'll be honest, while I was really thrilled at first and like when we did our, a special episode of Charlie's Angle, you came on right after the nursing home thing came out. It really looked and sounded like, okay, that was the breaking point for the state legislature that they're finally going to like, now, I, I mean. But, but, but wait, it gets worse. Yeah, <laughs> but, but, but wait, it gets worse. Uh, you know, Maybe I should try that. You should. Own. Yeah, what we're talking about is there's been a there's been a lyrical parody. Yes. <laughs> that someone on the show may or may not have written. It wasn't me. And it may or may not be be available hopefully soon for your listening pleasure because and it takes it takes a certain song by the artist Cardi B. 
and it um, brings that? lyrics in that have to do with whack. What yeah. whack? What did we call it? Whack Albany politics. Whack. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The embattled governance of Albany, New York. I'd there's wars in this house. There's wars in this house. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. And now I'm scarred for life. <laughs> But, uh, I'll throw you some lyrics later. I promise. Oh, like, definitely. So. Thank God, someone else produced the song because I didn't want to. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I, I will uh, never forget. So you guys all know that. Like, I mean, I'm just so entertained by memes, and I love to entertain other people uh, by your memes. Your meme dump is the highlight. Of my yeah. Week. yeah. Okay. My so my my one of my favorites <laughs> though, and we're going off track, and that's okay. Is the one that has Lisa Simpson speaking in front of a screen, and all it says was Cardi B makes music for women who shoplift at yard sales. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably more accurate it's than it is. It's probably more As a matter of fact, I remember yeah. when I posted it, most people were like, yeah, you're probably right. I love that. Oh, yeah, it's outrageous. The, I don't know how much of your listener base would have ever heard that song, but you know, uh, feel feel free to feel, peruse. If you, if you want. If WAP you want to. by Cardi B. And, yeah. Don't you know. add us about it. Don't get mad. Yeah, <laughs> don't get mad. Don't hate us for. If you, yeah, we, if you listen to it, that's your decision. We're not infringing upon your rights If your soul feels dirty after, if it's not our fault. If you don't want to feel gross, just put your phone down right now. and Just don't, don't look right. it up. Right. No, we can't. Now, Cardi B with her history of roofing, roofing, roofing men, men and <laughs> stealing all their stuff would she be released back out into the public under this bail reform yeah, measure yeah Wait, under is those that a real thing yeah oh, she yeah. did she admitted so it horrible. she I don't, I don't she admitted to doing the same it. thing that sent bill cosby to prison for the basically the rest of his life oh man <laughs> and she's just getting endorsement deals so yeah, but she got to pay her mama's bills, so it's okay. Is that part and of she the had to get a bag too? and fix her teeth, so it's yeah. justifiable as it, far as I'm concerned. You know, yeah, absolutely. These are news stories or song lyrics. Uh, they're song lyrics, okay. but you know. But, yeah, but <laughs> the actual nugget of truth in there is that yes, Cardi B yeah. actually admitted to doing the same thing that Bill Cosby got in trouble for, it's true. and she gets additional endorsement deals and more show Equality. appearances. Yeah, you got yeah. you got you got to absolutely love it. I, I legitimately <laughs> thought you were you were just quoting some Entertainment Tonight headlines. Or something. I we oh. wish we were. I wish I was. We get so <laughs> off track. This is like ADD for adults. I know, but it's <laughs> great. So well, we're getting heavy. <laughs> I know anybody that comes it on these, heavy. these yeah. shows. It's heavy now, stuff. Now we have Cuomo. Like after all of these scandals over the weekend, he was just like, "I did nothing wrong." Yeah. yeah, I'm Again. just impressed there were so many women showing up with their pink knitted hats over the weekend. I mean, that was really inspiring. Oh wait, no, that didn't happen. No, that did, that that, that <laughs> didn't happen. And and you and you want to know what? I'm I, I I'm actually I, I can't of yeah. of the of a mind of like, listen, I do not, I will never hate somebody because of their political views. I will never, but I got to tell you something right now that the people who continue to defend and enable this governor Mm -hmm. make me physically ill. It really does. You can't be mad at stupid people, can you? No, because, because the thing is, is that like the, the the falseness of him the the lie they're so obvious and they just let him get you know I, this is something I'm as a former media guy that like I it drives me nuts when I watch these when he allows the press into these press conferences because he just says oh yes it was all because of COVID restrictions that we couldn't have the press at these press conferences <laughs> but now we can because I'm announcing the lifting of the restrictions and they just let him get away with it. I mean, it, it's just like, I, you know what? Fine. It, you know, it's like I want to sit there and say, bullshit, you don't want the press there because you don't want them asking you questions about 
the nursing home scandal. You don't want him to ask you about the sexual assault allegations. You don't want them to ask because, as a matter of fact, he opens it up to the press thinking, obviously, that he's going to get nothing but praise for lifting all the restrictions. Question. Softball question. When and- anybody asks him a question with any substance to it, do you see his face? Yes. Yeah. It's like it morphs into, have you ever seen the movie The Devil's Advocate? Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, just get real. I'm so sick of living in a state where you know you're being run by a crime enterprise. I'm so sick of living in a state where, you know, my, my kids' futures is truly at stake because of this leadership. And that's what really prompted us to do this Mother's Day rally. Do I do I have things that I would rather probably do? For, you know what? Actually, no. This is my idea of a fantastic oh, Mother's, Mother's Day. Because when I text my friends this. and I'm like, hey, I'm having a little get-together. Do you think you can join us? And then I send them a flyer <laughs> for the rally. It's like, yes, we are not the same. <laughs> So this is actually a good segue because I really did want to, you know, for for my part of the show, helping you promote this. You've got something coming up here. We all know that Abby's one tough mother, but <laughs> obviously, obviously, my playlist, you know, <laughs> will attest to that. I've, I've heard so much, so much weird music just from knowing Abby. I know, yeah. So uh, I feel like I'm going to be a tough mom too. Yeah, you're going to be a fantastic mom. He will be a very fantastic mother. <laughs> so what about these tough mothers that you're trying to get together on Sunday here? This is awesome. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know, go. I had to go with a theme that whatever just spoke to my heart. So, yeah, Tough as a Mother is the name of the rally, and it's Mother's Day from 3 to 5. I wanted to give all the moms a chance to brunch and get their flowers and gifts and candles from their kiddos early in the day, but get to Albany for 3 o'clock because we're going to gather, and it's going to be a peaceful, purposeful gathering. If there's anything there that's not peaceful or purposeful, it's not part of our gathering, so let me make that abundantly clear. Sure. And um, State Capitol, right? State Capitol, yeah, right at the steps, State Capitol, and... As I said, last time we had some fantastic speakers, Madeline Brame, who was a community advocate, and her son was tragically killed in street violence, and the perpetrator of that has been out since months after the the incident. And it's really sickening to think that her, the court date for this individual came and went. It got rescheduled because of COVID. Now, mind you, many of these court dates are supposedly happening on Zoom, but they're getting rescheduled. So the reality is these people that have been given court appearances, there is nothing that has to bring them back. There are not warrant squads that go out and thump, thump, thump on the door. Like, it doesn't play out like that. You can have a perv who slips through the system and they are long gone and they are already grooming and molesting kids as we speak somewhere else and we had a chance we had a chance yeah. to keep them where they belong which is away from the public and we blew it and we didn't blow it governor cuomo and all the other minions that supported this despicable legislation have blown it and kids are suffering because of it mothers are suffering because of it and me as a mother there's nothing i want more than to be able to know that at least efforts are being made to protect my children and other children. There, there isn't a single child under the sun that's more valuable than my children. Okay, we all have an emotional connection to our immediate family, sure. but that doesn't mean that our immediate families are any more valuable than than any other child. And especially these children who are growing up in these marginalized communities, there's nobody advocating for them. A lot of them have, you know, if they if they have a somewhat cohesive home, you know, they have parents that are working. We have schools that have been out of session. This has been a perfect storm for predators to find their way into our kids' lives. And the the laws have promoted it. The laws have emboldened these crimes. Women should be able to go to work to support their families 
families and not have to have, as my friend Madeline attests to, one hand on your mace and one hand on your taser in your pocket. And she said, I ride to work like that every day because you don't know who's going to slide up behind you. You don't know. And she's she has watched and she will share what she is seeing on ground level downstate. She will share just the miscarriage of justice that her family has experienced. You know, she will share the real truth of what we need to be hearing. And then beyond that, uh, we've been able to engage other speakers. Sheriff Richard Giardino has agreed to speak. Oh, and nice. He has an incredible perspective and an incredible heart, not only for the safety of our communities, but for people who are engaged in crime. And, you know, we have a lot of mothers who are going through the living hell of having children who are dealing with addiction issues. Mm-hmm. You know, this is an epidemic that needs to be addressed and needs to be dealt with because it's affecting all of us on some level. So there's there's parents who have gone to law enforcement and said and begged and begged please, isn't there anything you can do to keep him in custody? He's going to overdose. And the cops have to look at those tear-filled, frantic eyes and say, no, there isn't anything I can do. And I was at a press conference a few weeks ago in which Madeline spoke and Assemblyman John Salka, who's been wonderful. Mm -hmm. He was at our first rally. He has got a spine. He has got a heart. And he brought in law enforcement from around the state. And one of them read this, this narrative. And it went through, in the course of about 24 hours, there was about eight different crimes that this one individual committed and it just went you know gave the time gave the crime assaulting a police officer you know reckless endangerment released and blah 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 back and forth and the final one was deceased because that person was on a 24 36 hour rampage trying to get their fix trying to get their fix and when they finally got it they got into a bad batch and gone and that's that's somebody's son and another thing that has completely infuriated me in all of this is the fact that they have been releasing drug dealers who've been selling such huge quantities of of heroin and of everything else under the sun that's destroying our communities, destroying children's lives. They've been releasing them and they've been finding dealers that have enormous amounts of fentanyl and they're releasing them. And it, and, and then they're going to stand up and say they care about, you know, opioid addiction awareness. Get out of here. You don't care when you're literally leaving our communities wide open for the vulnerable to overdose. You're you're taking a time when As Sheriff Giardino said when he was on my podcast months ago, he said, before this reform, you had a golden opportunity with someone who was coming in because they'd been committing crime that was addiction fueled. Mm -hmm. You had a chance to give them a chance of therapeutic intervention. Or jail time. And nine times out of ten, guess what they choose? Yeah. Therapeutic intervention. That glimmer of hope is gone because I think that addicts, people facing addiction issues, whatever terminology you wish to use, these are human beings that, as far as the Cuomo administration is concerned, are expendable. Just like the communities of color are expendable. They are. Nobody cares who should care. I care. You care. The leaders that say they care Everything they do runs contrary to that. No. Everything. I, they, they, they say X lives matter, black lives matter. And I mean, it's, it's sort of like, they yeah, you know what? a funny way of showing I, it. I, I, I agree with you, yes. But the way you're going about it doesn't show me that black lives matter. It's just that basically they're cattle for you to herd to the polling places every four years or whatever to get, you know, with promises of free stuff. In there. And, you know, the thing is, it's is like we're, we up here are, are fortunate – in and of itself, in and of like it happens where people who are let out without bail and something like that, you know, for violent crimes or something like that, it does happen around here. Sure. 
when it's really significant, though, it's rare, which is why it's a bigger deal around here. But some of the stuff that we see up here that's rare is every day in every some of these places. See, day. but what we have up here, and when I was talking to um, one of the law enforcement officials around here, what they deal with mostly is while they've had domestic incidents, you know, often are drug and alcohol related and blah, 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 is that they see particularly in our commercial, most of their problem is actually with the commercial thefts that happen. And so that's like the bulk of, you know, and it's more of they set the bail, but then because it, you know, you know, I mean, we're not talking about like a pack of gum from Target. I mean, we're talking about like actual larcenies that are happening at these commercial establishments. I mean, if you're going to do it, make it worthwhile. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What you do is, in all fairness, um, you print off your own barcodes, make sure they match. (laughs) 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 No, no, seriously, it's it's actually it's 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 actually kind of easy, especially at a place that isn't staffed very well, like a Walmart. If you print off your own barcodes to match a cheaper television and then you put that one on like a four thousand dollar television and then you sell that television on ebay yeah there you go you'll probably get caught if you're an idiot you will but in all fairness jeff's entire industry was shut down for a year he had to get resourceful i stole 15 <laughs> televisions nice but, but no you're right but, yeah. but, 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 it, but it still but it still creates problem then for law enforcement of here course. even because yeah. like here the thing is is that and 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 the sheriff of Montgomery County made this very, very clear, which actually really I, – I didn't fully understand the whole concept of bail. It's it's not – bail is actually not meant to be punitive in the sense of anything. It's actually something to, like, guarantee – because no, you don't – nobody who goes to court has their case settled the very first appearance. It's basically, okay, you're here. We're processing you. You've been arrested and charged. Here's your bail. It's more just to entice them to come back because if you pay X amount of bail, you're going to want to show up to your court date. Now what they have is that they're issuing appearance tickets and stuff like that for these larcenies. There's no bail set, but now they have to determine whether it's worth to expend what limited limited resources Mm – these rural sheriff's departments have yep. to, you know, and I mean, I'm going to take like the town of Amsterdam. We're all familiar with that. It's all in our backyards. You know, I mean, you've got people who are coming there that, that are not just coming from Montgomery County, Amsterdam. I mean, Saratoga, Schenectady County, Scary County, Fulton County, yeah. Hamilton County. I mean, they're coming down from a lot of different places into this one commercial strip. So the thing is, is it's like, well, you know what? I've only got three deputies out on the road right now. We have this guy that didn't show up for his court appearance, but he lives, you know, 25 miles outside of the county. If he's still there. If he's still there. But <laughs> yeah, I, it's a joke. You know, but yeah. but and then you've, if you look at it, what's what's happening, too, is that a lot of times these thefts and these larcenies are being created, are being committed by people who have substance abuse issues, addiction, you know, they're because they're selling off, they're stealing the stuff, feeding the stuff off and they're. You know they're 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 selling it off, then they're feeding their own habits. Now you've basically got people who are now getting away with stealing stuff to feed their own habits. It's not helping them at all. It's hurting the business. It's wasting police resources. And listen, that's just like I'm sure that there are people in other communities that wish that were the primary problem. Dude, with I the think, I think the free market can fix this. Bounty hunting should be a new thing, like a thing that comes back. So the county can hire bounty hunters to go get these little offenders, and then the market can decide how much they should get paid. But you know what they said? One of the biggest, you know, make bounty hunting sexy again. Exactly. Oh, I'm bringing it back. Bring it back. Bring it vasectomies back. and bounty hunting. <laughs> Va- vasectomies and bounty. I'm hunting. weaving two episodes together. Right now. Anyone it. who didn't hear. Ah. 
Anyways, carry okay, on. Okay, I'll carry I'll, on. I'll get that, 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 that. You can't be a part of my bounty hunting guild unless you've had a vasectomy. I don't, I don't know what yeah. to tell you. The initiation you ceremony. And you have to wear Mandalorian armor, or I'm gonna punch you. In the head. See, Mandalorian armor. Okay, I can. I except right now, I would actually that. look like Boba Fett looked in the last episode of the Mandalorian. Yeah. He, he looked a little it. like he didn't quite fit into his armor. He like was a little he too tall, and yeah, yeah. He, he didn't quite fit. His, it, mid, his like midsection was exposed. Like, what's your armor gonna do if they shoot? your belly button. It is Star Wars Day, by the way. I mean, May the oh, Force yeah. be with you. May the Force be with you. I liked Star Wars before it was cool, so the rest of you guys can write off. Yeah, so did I. Oh, clearly, yeah. Not. But you know what? The one I'm the... not going to cuss because it's Abby's show, <laughs> so I'm going to try to keep the cussing down. Ah, on my show. It's just... Irreverent humor is always available, though. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We don't, we don't back I, off but on my show. Though. But you know, the thing is, is that like if we go back to like the drug addiction, I mean, and, and, and addictions and stuff like that are very, it's, it's an issue that's near and dear to me, and I'm very, yeah, you know, I'm very you know, big on that. And like one of the things that was happening is it was such a nice option is that you were arresting these people. And like in addition to like like in exchange for going to jail, you'd like take part in this drug court program. And you have I mean, obviously, the people are like going to take drug court over going to jail. It helps a lot of them and everything like that. But now if they're just feeding their addictions and getting let back out on the street, it's actually easier that's all that's being done here, and we're emboldening the drug dealers. We're emboldening every criminal on the on the planet. And it is. And if you want to get away with it, come to New York. And then on top of it, throw a mask over your face, and you're basically invincible. And I've watched. We're I've open watched. For illegal business. They've been open. You and I got shut down, but you know, yeah. you you could you could be peddling child pornography, and you could be peddling heroin laced with fentanyl. No, you you were you were business open. But like, I had to make ends meet somehow. So. Well, you do have cute feet. I mean, so. <laughs> yeah, the, the Charlie's Angle OnlyFans is not doing well. No, it is not doing well. <laughs> They're paying me ten ninety nine to not. <laughs> the bunions were too much. Yeah, they the bunions were the bunions. too too much. But you know, I, I, I just have black sock lint all over my my feet. Like oh, nobody wants to see that. I just no. have obnoxiously long toes, like part primate or something. I don't even know what all that is. But anyways. Carry on. Oh, back it's just your joke, too. Back, back <laughs> but to yeah, you're right. Bail if this, is... If this episode gets 100 listens in the first day, it's up, <laughs> like, on uh, each of our pages. We don't need their validation, Jeff. No, but then we'll have to show them what our feet look like. It's an yeah. incentive. We will have to all get petties first, oh, and then... We get, we get four listens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. But yeah, bail is twofold in that it's not meant to be punitive. It's meant to yeah. incentivize engagement in the legal process by getting people to their court appearances, and it's also meant to dissuade bad behavior it is and it's not doing any of that and it was so important that it was enshrined in our constitution yet it's being completely disregarded and it's disgraceful and in in an age when human trafficking is what it is with the capability of the world wide web why in the world are we tolerating state leadership that's giving a free pass to people that stalk that that promote child pornography that create child pornography i'm not going to go through the 200 crimes on the list again it's just disgraceful it's there's the same, no way you can justify this you the can't same kind of thing is like the, the same kind of people that support blindly support somebody like Cuomo are the same people that voted for Joe Biden even though he was just another old white guy way to break the patriarchy no yeah <laughs> I know they, the same, it's the same and I'm pretty sure of... Cuomo sexuality is an actual sexual preference at this point didn't you hear that oh my Cuomo God. sexuality yeah, the, Cuom- really? the Cuomo sexuals that's a whole group of like 55 and up women who oh, man. <laughs> 
<laughs> Cuomo can do nothing wrong in their eyes. It's unreal. I was like, for a week. What, what else did you I miss? So, I, no, I, that, that's, that's, that's been around yeah. for a bit. By the way, yeah. See, if I the whole, If that. the cougar thing doesn't work out for you, you become a Cuomo sexual. A it's Cuomo just, sexual. Yes, oh, yes. wow. I'm mm. going to retch right now a <laughs> so little bit. So but. the kind of women that would be Cuomo sexuals couldn't hack it as cougars? I mean, I don't want to come right out and say that, but it does seem to imply that. that yes. I, well, well, well <laughs> you, the, you, the listener, can draw your own conclusions to this, you know, type of thing. But, you know, you, you, you talk, you know, and I'm, I'm thinking just from my standpoint, like, you know, I'm not somebody who bail reform and, and a lot of the other things in the, you know, that's, that, that come along with it is really going to affect because I'm a white guy who lives in, you know, upstate New York relatively can take care of himself, you know, type of a thing. But I do have a concern. My concern though is, you know, I, I'm, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a grandfather to girls, women, and young women. I don't like the idea of somebody being able to, and you know what, my wife works at a local restaurant late at night, and it's close to home, and it makes sense to walk, especially like in the summertime and everything like this, but summertime is sort of like one of those times that I might be very nervous about that, coming out and walking out home, even in the five minutes that it takes to walk from the restaurant to our house at 11 o'clock at night, what's to incentivize, or it's to de-incentivize somebody who's got a history of stalking and following and intimidating young women from doing that when knowing that they're not going to get in trouble for it or yeah. if they do get in and trouble it, for it the summertime in, is yeah, when different ridiculous. people are in that's town what i'm saying well. there are different people in town and that's really what i get at here is like you know i want my i i, I want my daughters i want my granddaughter i want my wife i want you know what any future gender i want them to be able to feel safe here you know yeah it's it's i i want them to live in a state where like or if something really bad does happen to them that there's going to be appropriate recourse that's going to be taken and that justice will be done and not re-victimize you know i you know because even if the person doesn't come back to the victim you're still re-victimizing them because you know that the person who victimized you didn't get in trouble yeah, so that's ab- absolutely. It, it, it's, it's, absolutely it's 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 so there there are different ways that you can re-victimize you know somebody just by the virtue of just letting them out is just like well okay so this guy can or person can go and you know beat this person up and just get completely get away with it or beat me up and just get completely away with you know get away with it and it, it's really it's... unbelievably upsetting to think about putting yourself in the shoes of a family who has lost a loved one to a violent crime. I yeah. mean, if you can imagine someone near and dear to you, a son, a father, whatever, fighting for their life in a city street and having a knife plunged into their abdomen seven, eight times, having them stagger to their feet, run for their lives, be tackled again, held down, and stabbed four or five more times with the final final blow being a stab right through the heart. That That's what my dear friend Madeline Brame, who's going to be talking on Mother's Day, mm-hmm. is going to be talking about. And the reality is, as human beings, we belong to each other. We cannot lock ourselves into our comfortable little pockets of the world and think that this it doesn't matter because it hasn't come knocking on our door yet. We haven't gotten a call to go identify a body at a morgue yet. We haven't had to bury a child yet. I mean, what what kind of people are we if we sit back and allow this to happen, for, especially for people that have been robbed of any kind of voice? Because let's face it, the media can pr- sensationalize anything it wants. And do you think that any of these victims have been given any kind of fair 
time with with regards to media and with regards to the public awareness of what's happened not no no there are names that if i said them on on air right now nobody would have any clue who i'm talking about i'm probably nobody one of them. well right and i Unfortunately. you know what just as a mother as a human being i cannot get past this i cannot get past what is being done to our children, to women. And I'm going to tell you right now, before this rolled out, before January 1st, 2020, I'm going to tell you right now, our laws and our penalties with regard to crimes against women and children, especially those that are sexual in nature, were pathetic. Yeah. They were pathetic. So it took this and it, it brought it, <laughs> you know, what, what's worse than pathetic? Like, I, what, what's the word? I mean, we, we have laws that were so broken to begin with, and this reform made things so much worse when it could have been something that was built on the memory of Khalif Browder, was built on concepts of let's go through every single inmate in our state system and find out who took a plea deal because they weren't adequately represented, who's rotting away in a jail cell for a nonviolent, non-crime against a human being simply because they didn't have representation. Let's go through them. Let's find let's find people who are willing to make that their job day in and day out to examine the records of inmates and decide who who is really ripe for a, a fresh start because they're rotting away and they shouldn't be. And you know what? We're not doing it. We're not even giving people who should be sitting before a judge on a Zoom meeting. They're not even being made to sit on their, these stupid Zoom conferences and these stupid Zoom trials. I mean, are you kidding me? Like in this age, you can't expedite trials for people. That's Pedro right, yeah. Vinent Barcia, he butchered Bernice Rosado in 2018. Spring of 2020, he's still awaiting trial, even though the murder's caught on high def camera with 10 witnesses. Yeah, that's really? ridiculous. That's... Are you kidding me? Well, and at the same time, it's, you... it's it's laughable. But and, and at the same, and, and in the other direction, you have also the problem with the system that you have somebody who's accused of stealing a purse and sits in jail. That's for th- what I'm saying. Sits in that's jail for I'm three saying. years and exactly. winds up killing themselves. Exactly. And by the way, this was it, three years before their first court appearance. It's insanity. Between but you know their, what? For stealing a purse. There's a ton of money being dumped into into corrections there's a ton of yeah. money on on every head it okay is. that well, is in a prison system is purse. a huge amount of money he he was accused of stealing a backpack correct? a backpack that never that backpack. he never did that he never did and he was so traumatized in rikers because i mean go listen to you know this is why we this is why they started the bail reform in the first place was one of the that's, things that prompted that's what it. they say although this does absolutely yeah. nothing to honor but, but, the legacy of of khalif brown in Brown's, my opinion yeah well all. no it, it it really doesn't it's it's, it, it's it's a disgrace because the thing is is that He's somebody who should have been served should by Should have the, never been in Rikers with savages that were doing whatever they were doing and to not, him. And, and not for three years exactly. for stealing a backpack. And you can't find a way to expedite court proceedings. I mean, what what, what kind of age are we? I mean, no, I know we're being run by a Neanderthal, okay? I realize that. But for God's sake, you can't find ways to expedite court proceedings. You can't hire a corps of retired judges. I bet some would even do it pro bono to help process Probably. people, get them back out into functional... Yeah. Roles in society. It's disgusting. To, to teach classes of twenty to thirty kids via Zoom, then we should be able to expect our elected judges oh. to do the same. We thing we could do so process. much if our leaders got their heads out of whatever payoff it's stuck up in. We could do so much to rehabilitate lives, to give people their lives back, and instead. 
they're emptying the prisons and they're turning our communities into the prison. And it's disgusting. And you're racist for speaking out. And you're against racist it. for saying that they're doing what they're doing. Yeah. You know, what? and because here's the thing. I would I would I agree with them to the point that it was like, yes, I do believe that there are way too many black men in prison and in jail. I do believe that there are way too many black men in prison and in jail when they shouldn't be. Okay, I agree with that, but I'm not racist for wanting somebody who attacks and rapes somebody in a back alley or behind a trailer or wherever you have. I don't want that person getting out of jail. I don't care what color their skin is. If you are a rat, listen, and I also understand innocent until proven guilty, but they're also you, you, you also, though, have reasonable evidence to hold somebody like you do for any other case. Well, let's, let's let's pause there for a second. That doesn't count anymore. These, well, some of these same regressives that were pushing the bail reform, now they have Roadmap to Justice 2021 in which they want DNA evidence to be thrown out. Yep. So if you're if you're a serial rapist and there was DNA evidence harvested from a crime scene eight years ago, they don't want that to be able to be used against you. And if you're above the age of 55, we don't want our elders to finish out their last days in prison now, do we? Sure we do. Yes. When our elders are somebody that's going to sodomize a little boy, yeah. As far as I'm concerned, you can give them extra long twin sheets and let them stay right in that prison as long as they need to to make sure other little boys don't get sodomized. Absolutely. So don't, don't play with me talking about social justice when all this is is promoting pedophilia, sex trafficking, and everything evil under the sun. Let's it, call it what it is. It, it, and it is. Send them to Charlie's private prison. I'm not a big fan of private prisons, but like Charlie's is cool because there's special cells for pedophiles with wood chippers in them. Oh, well, they are biodegradable, the floor, I've heard. They the are. The floor so. is one giant wood chipper. They don't stand a chance. <laughs> yeah. The, the floor is just a giant wood chipper. Yeah, well, and, and, and in all fairness, there are some mentalities that are not rehabilitated, and you sure as hell don't, don't gamble the safety of children on the off chance that an individual can be rehabilitated. And think about how many future sociopaths we're creating because children are being victimized, and the people that should be protecting them are not. Imagine being a kid having horrible things done to you and knowing that the police let that person right back out what does that do to you yeah. mentally it screws the kid what up is even that, more how demoralizing to know well i i told mom what was happening i told him i told him who was who was doing this to me and, and the cops let him out and now now he's going to do it again what does this do to our children I, it, what does this do to parents you I, i'm sure you would go like psycho if anyone did anything to your granddaughter okay like it it would be over yeah over imagine being a parent and or a grandparent and having having someone do something disgraceful despicable evil to your precious granddaughter and having that perp walking in the streets walking in the streets walking past their school this is the hell that people are living in Especially black and brown communities yes. where sexual abuse of women is is exponentially higher than that of our you know white community counterparts. These are not issues that are impacting you know the the gated communities, the housing developments. They're not. They are absolutely treating the black and brown communities like they're expendable. And this is not and even in little, Lily White Northville. It's, we don't see that in Lily White Northville, and I acknowledge that. You know what I mean? So it's 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 almost hard to hear that these things. I know that they're going on, yeah. and it's it's very hard to see and read because you know what you, you you sit there at times and you're just like, boy, is this really happening? Is this really happening? And then I mean, I've probably seen more than the average person just because of what my career in journalism and the newspapers sure. and stuff like that. Sure. So like 
even when people are saying, oh, man, I can't imagine. Um, yeah, it does. You know, I mean, I mostly rural Americans and I've seen some of the most horrendous crimes I've ever heard of happening in rural America. But, you know, we're not faced with that every single day. And I think that that's what I I kind of like encourage people to just like start paying attention to these stories, yeah. start listening yeah. to these speakers, start attending these rallies, even if. You think that we are sounding like, and the whole anti-bail reform movement are, sounds like a bunch of crackpots. And you know, I can tell you right now, there's not a single person in in this room right now of the three of us that are some big tea parting, Trump thumping. You know, you know, whatever. This, this is not party politics. This is this not party is, politics. This is good versus evil, and it that's is. all there is to it. it. And, and that's really what and it I, is. I wish to God, to be honest with you, I, I am. I don't identify as Democrat or Republican, but I'm here to tell you right now, just an observation, outside observation. For those of you who are Democrat, I'm going to beg you to take your party back because what yeah. it, what it's become is disgusting. What's being done in Albany with this imbalance of power is disgraceful. They're taking a party that from from what I observe, the Democrat Party and those who espouse to to that and identify with it, they would say that they care about social issues that Republicans tend to kind of look over callously. And I might be generalizing a bit, but I think people that espouse to being Democrat, there's certain social values that they say are important to them. Sure. You know, e- equal rights and uh, you know, advocating for women and things that make sense on a very deep level to anyone who has a conscience. And I'm going to tell you right now, this breed of what's hiding under the label Democrat in Albany is anything but something that represents democracy and goodness. You need to take your party back because history is not going to remember this version of Democrat very fondly at all. It does not reflect what most people who vote Democrat and register Democrat value. You cannot justify putting pedophiles back in our community and say that it aligns with Democrat values. You can't. It's it's it, you, the, your party, <laughs> the Democrat Party has been hijacked. I, and I'm going to say that. I'll say it again. If anybody asks me to, the Democrat Party has been hijacked by these re- regressive mentalities that are reducing our culture to a bunch of knuckle draggers that beat each other over the head, take what isn't theirs, rape women, rape children, and call it social progress well and i mean this is also very recent to the party too because you know i remember when i i mean when i graduated from high school in the early 90s you know that was in the time between the transition between where were you in the early 90s jeffy um early 90s yeah uh, 1993 i was uh eight and uh, watching you. the lion king i graduated in 1992 okay anyways 92 yeah <laughs> but and, and uh, playing super mario kart of course you were but i was 18 and 92 and turned 18 and 92 which was a presidential election year mm-hmm. and i actually registered as a democrat because i liked bill clinton's message i liked what the democratic party at least said that they stood for and I, what what was that at that time at, at, at that time what what, was what the, resonated with you as values was, was the party of the little guy that they were advocating for the little guy and and here's protect and here's the thing a lot of the policies now people can debate the effectiveness of those policies but behind a lot of those policies coming out from democrats at that time were to increase education access to everybody make our streets safer put more teachers in schools put more police on the streets whether i don't like the crime bill obviously that that was passed in 94 that was a you yeah, know, that didn't age well. That did that didn't that, did, that didn't really age well. And listen, <laughs> I, I also want to just say that my estimation of Bill Clinton as a human being 
is in the basement right now, especially after the Epstein stuff. You know what I mean? I just, but but he was actually over. But the picture of Bill Clinton wearing a dress and heels that was found in Epstein's apartment didn't, you know. Boy, oh boy! Stir I actually kind of wish I want. I want to hang that thing. In the night. <laughs> when we start if that doing, doesn't make it on your meme dump this week, I'm going to be totally. I'm going to have to find one. When we start <laughs> yeah. doing video content, we'll make sure we have it hanging behind Charlie. Absolutely. <laughs> but it's going to be Cuomo's head instead. <laughs> yeah, perfect. But it's it, but that's what it drove me it's into the Democrats happen. though was that message that they had was you know racial equality everything was see the yes, thing is even it, back from an earlier day my whole thing with the equality and yes that even included like I'm gonna sound very hipster or whatever but like I was into equality for gay people before it was cool to be you know well well I mean in 1992 I mean yeah that was the era of not that there's anything wrong with that sort of like don't ask don't tell and everything like that but like. I was still resident because I'm like, well, gay people have as much right to everything in the country as I do, you know, and everything like that. So that's what drew Charlie me. Charlie was a trendsetter. I was a trendsetter, is right. <laughs> the, man, the man bun or... actually started with Charlie Crable. A lot I of people started don't the know man that, bun. But it's you true. You notice I cut my hair? I'm not getting a man bun. I won't man bun it. Mm-hmm. I doesn't remember. I had like shaggy crazy. Oh, no. I, I, I remembered it well, and I said I liked the shaggy crazy, yeah, but have, you were like, I have to get a professional headshot. I, I can't be shaggy look, crazy. I'm like, whatever. If I did the headshot in two years, the long hair would look awesome. <laughs> no man buns for me. No man buns for you. But to, see, that's the, that's the problem, though, that I've had with Can the... Abby have a man bun, or is that too progressive? <sighs> that's tough. I don't want to assume the gender of your man bun. I mean, you can have a man bun, right? Or is it just a bun? Mm, boy, I don't it know. It identifies as a man bun. I feel like most of the time when I have a, a mom bun in, it mostly resembles a man bun. Oh, they, a call, man the, bun. they call those messy buns now. Oh, like it's, it's a style, though. It's right, good. right. Uh, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> right. I, I'm not trendy when it comes to hair. That's okay. I'll send you a meme for your meme dump. There you go. Messy, My messy wife's like, bun I have reference. messy buns today. I'm like, looks good. And I don't know anything else about hair. <laughs> okay. Anyways, you know, back to the principles of the I, Democrat I, Party. I, I, I support. This is what I do. This is what I do. I just derail the conversation. I support <laughs> equality for gay people, but I have no idea what a messy bun is. So that's Charlie's picturing caramel, like something else. Yeah. something from Happily Ant- Baked. Anti- well, <laughs> right. I don't, I don't they, they're not a sponsor, is. but they should be, they and I would actually be. let I would actually let them sponsor free because what, what, what is Happily Baked? Happily Baked is a store in Northville, New York. Amazing. It's. It's about the closest thing to heaven. I go there to eat my feelings. Yeah, I do too. So it's it's a bakery. (laughs) Yeah, bakery. But it's all homemade there, and it's like delicious. And I'm really happy because my granddaughter really likes the treats from there now. So now it's another... Oh, Lily wants to go to Happily Baked and get a donut. Okay. Well, I guess we'll go. Uh, Got to make memories. Why are we coming yeah. up with names for dispensaries when we just have Happily Baked already in Northville? I thought they would have pot brownies, but I guess not. Like, I don't know if that place would actually ever... <laughs> Maybe Northampton. North Northampton is, still, Hampton pretty is, good. is still. I don't good. remember the rest of them. Yeah, but happily baked in Northampton. Yeah, it's perfect. It's a partnership. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't know who runs it. I have no idea. So. Uh, but, great people. Okay. Great people. Um, and delicious food. So go there. Um, <laughs> go there after you go to Northampton. After go to the Northampton. Yeah. Put, put put it this way: if if you are going to Northampton. Stopping in at Happily Baked is probably going to be on the itinerary eventually. If it isn't, it will be. If it's not on the itinerary, it will be. Oh, yeah, Abby, do you want to start a dispensary with me and Charlie? Um, I mean... It'll be in the room to your... Uh, well, in front of you. 
we'll just do it. In, I'd be willing to, to we'll just do I'd it be willing to talk about studio. it. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like we could make something work. Yeah, why not? Know? Yeah, help help people in in different ways. And <laughs> the money, the money that we raise will go for overturning all of this other nonsense. Overturning and government corruption. Uh, I'll teach meditation classes. Are we gonna be a four hundred one c, but be a a pot dispensary. <laughs> Like the money we raise. We uh, that's a 420C, a... I believe. Yeah, 420 C exactly. <laughs> oh, <my God>. Perfect. <laughs> what oh. are we talking about? We were we are t- <laughs> so why don't we go back? Listen, we're gonna go back to this rally here because this is really what rally we're trying to promote. We're the, trying the, the tough so mothers. Hard. We're trying so hard. Well, you know what the thing is is that I and look at if you're like me, it's like I can deal with heavy topic for a little bit and then I kind of have to lighten it up a little bit and then I don't mind coming back to the and that's where I Every, that's where that that that's where Jeff is great about this. I this don't is have why a serious bone in my body. Until just I'm like, well, you're getting too deep. We're gonna just frown the whole time. <laughs> right. Which is no reflection on the band that you're actually. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it is. <laughs> it is. Yeah. We're not going to name names because maybe they will be sponsors at some point. <laughs> yes, but anyways, back to the rally. Yes, the Mother's, Mother's Day, three Day. to five, and it's, super excited. Things, you know, and I I think that it's something that um, you know. As moms, I mean, you know, there's there's nothing. I actually think that the nastiest people in the world to deal with would be mothers when they feel like their children are threatened, uh, and that their yeah, children. It's, it's a force of nature. No, 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 no. no. I, and I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not kidding. No, when, I'm not either. When, yeah. when, when mom feels her children are threatened, that's it. Uh, you, yeah, and I'll go ahead and read the description of the rally. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Mother's Day, Sunday, May 9th, 3 to 5, at the Capitol Steps in Albany. Tough as a mother, gathering of the people. And why Mother's Day? Because never before has our children's future, our community's safety, and our mother's legacies been under attack than by, more than by the current governance of New York State. The time to demand change is now. This will be a peaceful, purposeful display of unity. And then it goes on to quote Maya Angelou, to describe my mother would be to write about a hurricane in its perfect power. And I think that there is there is a strength in mothers that's really unrivaled and I think that a lot of mothers have felt forgotten they felt like their voices don't matter they felt like their children's memories don't matter Mm -hmm. and another aspect of this rally that I just want to touch on briefly is we are going to have people there who represent the community that's been impacted tremendously by the mandates surrounding nursing homes and residential facilities um, both for children and for adults because there's a lot of people who have been completely robbed of access to their children in residential settings. Uh, The nursing home disaster is just that. And people are still, people are still being locked out of nursing homes with these mandates that make absolutely no sense. I do have a speaker, Carla Conley, who's going to be taking time to share with us the tragic story of how her mother really was killed by the recklessness of these mandates that kind of allowed, I mean, sadly, a lot of facilities that did not operate well for a lot of different reasons. A lot of short staffing contributed to it, but facilities that did not run well prior to the pandemic certainly did not run well during the pandemic, and they were given a legal immunity that allowed them to kind of get away with anything. And her her mother's story is one that cannot be forgotten. Um, the manner in which this woman died is, is tragic. I mean, I when she was telling me the story on the phone, I, I, I was crying. It, it's just horrible to think that this is how we treat our elder and infirm, who should be treasured, who should be honored, and, you know, the measure of any society is the manner in which it treats its most vulnerable. So based on that, the quality of our governance is disgraceful at best, what, what, and we need to demand better. What 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 really kills me, I don't want to say kills, that's a bad word to it, because we're talking about deaths, but, you know, what, what really bo- bothers me 
the most about this whole nursing home thing is is that from all accounts, I don't know anybody. I know maybe know of a few people who've died of COVID, but not like directly and everything like this. But from everything I've read and what people have told me, dying of COVID is not a fun process. Like it's a very, very painful process. It's a very discomforting process. It's a, it's the type of thing that you're dying from that you probably would make it through it a little bit easier and in comfort if you were able to hold the hand of like your spouse or you know, a child or somebody close, you know, having somebody close by with you to kind of like be there at the end of your journey. How many of these senior citizens suffered by themselves alone with no one that cared about them? I mean, let's let's I'm not, I'm not complaining about any of the staff or anything like that, but like that's one person that they have to deal with and they probably got hundreds of others. they have to deal. So like with no one who truly cares about them around them all by themselves because of the policies that were enacted in this thing. I mean, it's so it's, it's cruel and inhumane to put people through that. It's absolutely cruel. And it has robbed people of the dignity of the autonomy over their own bodies, over their own choices, over their own dignity. And it's, it's disgraceful. And unfortunately, a lot of these facilities, they, they were running bare bones. They were short staffed. They were stressed right out. And if somebody started to get sick, you know, it made it so that they couldn't be moved to facilities where they could be better cared for, like hospitals with acute, you know, yeah. acute um, care settings. It, it was a disaster. And to think that it was done and at around the same time our governor was promoting, you know, his masturbatory novel on leadership, it just I makes so me sick. I am so awesome by Governor Cuomo. Oh, I can't. I, as uh, people were dying, As he's people writing... are dying and as people are being denied care and as people are being denied the comfort of being with loved ones i mean i'm telling you right now i know people who were denied access to their loved ones and, and the loved one died and i'm telling you right now these people are not okay right now they're probably they're never going not to be. okay okay there, there's a trauma there that's been done to people they've been robbed of what should be some of the most treasured moments in your life the way that you guide someone you love from this life to the next, they were robbed of that. Mm -hmm. And they were robbed of it, in my opinion, in, in basically a political chess match of, of powers, struggle, and cover-ups, and let's not be honest about the numbers. It's disgusting. It really it's is. It's truly disgusting. And now, you know, you got the state coming in and dropping huge fines on facilities for some of the most, like, ridiculous things. You've got people who still can't access their loved ones because although there's this essential caregiver bill, there's still state mandates that override any sensibility. No one knows what they're doing. It, it's really a disgrace. And people need to demand change and they need to demand something as simple, in my opinion, as you fill out a form when you enter one of these facilities and you get to decide, should there be a pandemic, should there be an outbreak of any sort, I choose to see my family. I release the facility. I release the state. I re release everybody under the sun of any liability should I contract anything. And there's a certain tier of care that allows for that. You know, another person could agree to a policy in which if there is another outbreak of anything, visitors can come, but they have to be rapid tested at the door. That's the level of care they're comfortable with. And there could be people that agree to a level of care that keeps them completely isolated. No visitors. Give them the power over their own choices. These are people that raised us, that fought for us, 
and we're treating them like caged animals yeah. in the last days and last months and last years of their lives. And you can't tell me that people don't die of broken hearts. And you can't tell me that if you follow the science and you look at immunology, you take a look at what the human immune system does when it is downright heartbroken and there's no hope in sight. It's not pretty. No. So if we're going to follow science, let's start looking at criminology and yes. stop putting criminals back on the street. Let's start looking at immunology and understand what we're doing to our whole culture with, with so much of this lockdown nonsense and kids trapped in homes where they're not being fed. I mean, come on. Do you know that I know people who bought in to every step of the way? Like, seriously, like they would be the people who you know the joke about if Dr. Fauci said the best way to stop COVID is everybody walk around with their thumbs in their butts. How many people would be out buying lube the next Wait, day? Wait, that wasn't a thing? Uh, oh, no, that was a jo- oh, no. Oh, yeah, it was a joke. The, I'm, I'm, I'm talking, <laughs> but anyways, I'm talking about people who are that extreme. Like, they believe everything that was coming out of Dr. Fauci's mouth. They believe everything that was coming out of Cuomo's mouth. And now we're a year later, and they're like, we need to get our kids back to school like full time here because this is terrible to them. We need to get people back to work. We need to get things fully reopened because our communities are suffering. Like it's sort of like, yeah, but you called me conspiracy theorist when I said this was going to happen, at least if they're seeing it now. But, you know, I'm encouraging people who have actually done this is that like saying, oh, I wish I would have realized this back when doesn't mean to stay complacent now then. OK, you still you know, I was I was very late coming into the Black Lives Matter, the movement, not the organization, but understanding, you know, the movement. And We, and, we know you're a Marxist. Yes, Charlie, Marxist. Well, and, and, you know, the thing is, is that, like, a couple of people were just like, I mean, they stole the line from the West Wing, but it was like, well, let's not focus on the fact that you're late to the party, but that you showed up, you know. And this is what I'm encouraging the people who have now um, – you know, sort of come around, even though they might still believe all the science stuff and still believe all the vaccinations, but they're coming around saying, you know what, these restrictions and this kind of stuff, the way this state is operating, it, that's that's being it's worse for our kids and it's worse for our families than it is, you know, actually helping right. anybody stay that course, though. You can, you can believe settled science and still disagree with how things are applied. Yeah, uh, like, absolutely. I, I don't you don't have to check this, your brain at the door. No, to, no, no, no yeah. one in this room is an anti-vax person. Like, no. we all understand that the vaccines are good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, sir, yeah. I mean, but, I'm not going to pony up to every designer vaccine that they throw my way, but I'm right, not an right. anti-vaxxer. But, like, but in this case, like, oh, if the, if the science is showing that something is 95% effective, then, yeah, maybe most people should get it. You know, the Their choice, though. If they wish, yes. If they want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, like, science is science. When it's correct, it's correct. Yeah, but yeah, you can also think that your rights were taken away. <laughs> yeah, the, the two aren't mutually exclusive. And in all fairness, the people that that really did hunker down and buckle down, we all did to a very large extent. Sure. I mean, I think a lot of this has shown the beauty of the human spirit that people are willing to make huge sacrifices, even mm-hmm. if they personally don't feel that they are in the line of fire or risk. Of, of, of over a certain situation. I think that we've seen some real beauty play out in that. So the people that can see that we, we've been played on a very large scale, I, yeah. I would say to them what my mother would say to me, which is, Abby, don't should on yourself. Don't look back and say, oh, I should have done this. Yeah, we're going to close with that quote because sure. that's a great Mother's that's Day great quote. quote. But it's true. Like you, you go with what is in front of you at the moment, mm-hmm. and we all have our interpretations of it fine great whatever and a lot of us rode this nightmare out for a really long time even though in our guts we were like this is so wrong 
we can't look back. We have to we forge ahead and we have to demand accountability of our leaders. We have to be certain that a nightmare like this does not play out again, where we're creating more dangerous situations in response to a situation that has danger woven throughout it. Because the nightmare of what we're creating, we're not going to fully realize that for decades. I mean, we've got kids who have gone through hell this past yeah. year. We have got kids who have slipped through the cracks because... You know, there's parts of the state where they're pulling staff out of CPS and they're sending them out in the neighborhood to troll businesses and try to drop fines on people. So you tell me what the priority yeah. is. So we need to remember the past, remember, but not be turned in that direction and forge ahead and demand better from our leaders because this cannot happen again where a governor is given blank check executive power to change up upwards of 400 laws that most people have no idea. We've been kept in the dark. They've crammed some of the most disgraceful legislation down our throats that if you're proud of it, fine, have a press conference and outline for us every detail about the bail reform and make sure you have that dope sign language interpreter that I loved from yeah. the beginning. <laughs> I dubbed, I made a video where I dubbed in gangster rap to yeah. him throwing, it was so funny. Of course, funny. Did. Of course, of course I did. In my my business was shut down. So yeah. <laughs> but really, make sure that guy is is there. But really, you can't tell me that a guy who can throw together these press conferences couldn't stand before the people and say, this is the bail reform, this is what it involves. But you know what? Lies like darkness. Yeah. Deceit likes darkness. And that's what we've been kept in is in the dark. And then those of us who've poked holes in it and see it for what it is, are we, we can't rest until people understand what this is because the, the ignorant arrogance of all of this is just stunning. It's breathtaking, really. And I, it's got to change. You know, it's, it's and it's, yeah. And, and, you know, the thing is, is that, like, I mean, I could sit here and say, and we all could sit here and say, we told you so, we told you so, we told you so. But the, you know what? I mean, it. That's not going to do anything good either. I guess what I'm asking for is, you know, those of you who have been on in the movement of like something's very wrong and broken in New York State, stay with the course. Keep it at it. Keep putting the pressure on because don't let I this think, happen again. Don't let it happen again. But because I would like to believe that part of the reason why the nursing home deaths thing kind of exploded in Cuomo's face is because there were a lot of people in the state who were like, er, from early on, way back in May when they was really spiking, that were like, you're forcing nursing homes to take patients and they're dying by the droves. As, you know what I mean? It's It started early oh, yeah, on. Yeah, people were then. relentless. They were, they were, I mean, there were people, but I'd like to be, but the thing is, is that there were enough people, I think, that were like, the numbers that they're reporting are not right. This right. executive order. And they kept hammering. And then when the report came out, and I noticed that a lot of the people who were on this were not this big puffed up, yeah, see, I told you so. It's been more like, okay, now what's the next step? What do we do here? You know, now is not the time for, I think, you know, any type of like puffery or anything like that. It's like we, we've got people who are recognizing sort of like what the Black Lives Matter movement did with me. It's sort of like it's opening their eyes a little bit and saying, eh, this is not good. You know, bring them along. Keep them going. I think as the move, you know, as – 
as numbers grow and more people's eyes get yeah, open. Yeah, I think, I just, yeah. I think maybe I'm right. thinking ideally here, well, idealistically here. no, but I think here, some of but, the people uh, that really forged the way yeah. for there to be a demand of accountability. I think of um, my dear friend Tracy Alvino with Voices for Seniors. I mean, she lost her father as a direct result of this. Mm-hmm. The guy went in for a neck surgery and went to a facility to rehab. And, you know, because of this mandate, he, he, he was a sitting duck. He was literally a sitting duck. And so I know her heart enough to know that it is an honor of her father it is an honor of everyone who lost someone in, in such a cruel way that they forged ahead and demanded accountability. And, you know, Janice Dean, she has been unrelenting, you know, and, and the, the, you know, the man, the mainstream media has chastised her and she just, she answers to a higher authority yep. than any of that. And I give people a lot of credit because I think, like you said, they're, their calling transcends political nonsense. They want better for our most vulnerable because the reality is we all belong to each other. We need to treat every person in these nursing homes as if they are our father, our brother, our sister, ourself someday. Because the reality is you and I are at the mercy of what we're allowing to be created right in front of us. And so help me God, should the state try to take over long-term care, God help all of us. Yeah. Really, and it like, seems the like they're trying. So well when they take I mean, I feel like everything they do is like the Midas touch, don't you? Could you mean... imagine if, like, if they were serious about gun control? <laughs> Let me show you a picture of my license plate. <laughs> Funny story: I got pulled over this morning oh, okay. for speeding, having my studs still on, and then my license plate wasn't visible. And I said to the trooper, who was an awesome guy, I'm like. You know, the license plate thing really isn't my fault. It's not my fault that New York State can't make a license plate that doesn't peel off. But I'll show you a picture of my license plate. It's like the most ridiculously raggedy thing that you're ever going to see. But, yeah, right. Perfect example. Like, there's my CancelCuomo.com sticker, and there's my raggedy. (laughs) (laughs) Barely hanging on. Gold. You you know, that's interesting that you say that because I actually got or I didn't get in trouble, but I. There she is. (laughs) Like, look at that. The readers can't read that. Yeah. yeah, he's like, we really can't read even oh, a single. Oh, my. They can't read that. <laughs> they can't. Well, but you know what? The, the DEC. You front one with your back one. Maybe that will make them happier. You know what? Maybe I could buy a little time that way. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Before they charge you how much for those licenses. Exactly. But you know what? The same thing happened with the DEC with me when I was fishing over at the river a couple of years ago. The state, under Cuomo's leadership, decided to save money by printing the licenses on cheaper paper. The problem is, is that after a week in somebody's wallet, the entire ink (laughs) on those licenses, like all you saw was the piece of paper. Mm -hmm. So what the NCON (laughs) officer, because it was the first time somebody had asked me for my license that season, (laughs) I had no idea that it was blank. And he's like, it's blank. And I'm like, yeah, I just got it. Why did this do? And he mentioned that it was, so he took my license and everything like that, but this doesn't surprise That's me about hilarious. this thing because yeah. it's just like, you know, the state. Here's another reason why we need to get rid of our state leaders. They can't even print license plates and yeah. fishing licenses yeah. right. Uh, pistol pistol so permits bad. for a long time were like that, too. Are they? And my Are ID they? to get into, uh, my physical ID to get into my state office was something I could, like, build on my own. <laughs> Like, I, I, I don't have any sort of forging ability, and I could do it. I just print it and laminate it, and I'm done. That's to get into the state police headquarters. Yeah, that's scary. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, we're, we're being run by idiots. So if the government yeah. really wants to be efficient in anything, including gun control, which is a big thing here, they have to privatize that. If they want to privatize it. If they it, want it done right, they probably they need to privatize it or that, have accountability that because goes, that there's none of that. Like, yeah. is, it, is, yeah. is the government doing all of the roads? No, they're contracting smaller private companies L- to yeah. fix the roads and, anyway. And listen, I had to drop somebody off in Albany after the press conference a couple weeks ago. Let me just say, 
<laughs> First of all, you feel your soul leave your body when you're navigating through the streets by the bus uh, station yeah. in Albany. Oh, I mean, down, it was down, down yeah, the ridiculous. Terrible. And I was like so embarrassed to drop this person off there. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, like unbelievable. Unbel- and I'm like, this is our capital city. It looks mm-hmm. like ghetto you know, is Walking it? Dead set. You want to know what's it's unbelievable? What's really funny is if you're driving on Route 20, you do this quite a bit for your job, though. And you drive Route 20 to go to Pittsfield, mm-hmm. Massachusetts, and you're driving up the hill, and there's the sign where it says "Welcome to Hancock, Massachusetts." All of a sudden, the road is really nice. All of a sudden, there's pavement. <laughs> like there's pavement. Like you're driving up this hill, and it's coming like this. And then when you're coming down the hill, nice smooth rise. As soon as it says "Welcome to New York," uh, I had this discussion with somebody I was on a trip with recently, and uh, we we're discussing taxes and how they like taxes. They like paying taxes because how else? How else do we have nice roads? New York, you know, we we tax higher. I'm like, so why do the roads suck in New York? We were in, like, Virginia or West Virginia, and I'm just kind of like, these roads are awesome down here, and the taxes are significantly less than they are in New York. What is the problem? What If you really like taxes so much, why don't you marry them? That doesn't work. Yeah. But the, the, Jeff, I, I 1992. Don't, I don't, that's what I was doing. I was making your mom, I'm still making your mom jokes. But I, I want to see transparency in taxes. If, if taxes have Can to be you as imagine? high as they are, I yeah. want to see where that money goes because they're clearly not going to roads. Not no, there was nothing with regard to infrastructure in this past budget that got passed. No. And in fact, they took $2.1 billion of federal COVID relief money that was earmarked for small businesses. And you know what they did with it? They found inmates that were released in late 2019, and they're giving back, you know, dated retroactive lump sum unemployment payments to these individuals. On average, twenty to twenty-eight thousand dollars a piece. People are getting because they were at a disadvantage for twenty to twenty-eight thousand dollars, and they're doing the same for illegal immigrants. Which, in my opinion, what would be more empowering to immigrant population? Schools, mm-hmm. bilingual schools, community daycare opportunities, so everybody can get back to work making, and work with making, dignity. Making yep. them work with making their them legal status. well, you know, give, give them a, a pathway to citizenship that's empowering. So that you know, I don't know. I don't know what (laughs) I love to get into the mind of the people making these decisions. And I honestly think that this is why the assembly really castrated Cuomo with this nursing home thing. I think they just wanted to be able to dump money into projects that he probably would have put resistance against. And I think he probably wanted to dump money in areas that they they didn't. And I think that it's all political theater. I don't think that there is any intention of real accountability because how many accusers are we up to? You know, we've got we've got all kinds of proof of what was done with the nursing home cover up. And we've got all kinds of proof of people that are being, you know, disfigured and killed every day as a direct result of this bail reform. And that's not enough. You know, Ron Kim felt bullied by Cuomo calling him. I'm sorry. What do you what do you think women feel like when they get on a subway and there's a creep behind them that's, you know, saying he's going to shoot everybody on the subway? How do you think women feel when they're they're in a room alone with Cuomo? (laughs) Well, like their soul is dirty. Like I would think so. Or you know, and it's not even like it was some some ambiguous, you know, accusation. It's like this is date, time, location that it happened. Like I mean, are, come there are, on. There are eleven Stop. instances of uh, accusations against Cuomo from specific people, and then a, a bunch of um, other. Um, yeah, and we got the picture at the wedding reception where you know if Chris is Fredo, I think 
I think Cuomo should be pedo, don't you? Yeah, I would say he called him I mean, pedo. And it, like, I'm sorry. You grab a young woman by the, like, the look on her face with him grabbing her by the face, like, ew. Ew. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, Stop. It, it, it's ew. just, you know, Ugh, I mean, maybe he lets the sexual predators back on the street because, I mean, he you, somebody takes one to no has one. to have a soft spot for pedophilia to be able to sign these reforms they into do. effect. The and that, yeah. That's the one. I have not seen Biting that. his bottom lip like a creep. That's yeah, terrible. that's, that's she looks, She looks, that's about the most uncomfortable you could ever see somebody looking. I mean, she's, she's, she's being very polite. Yes. Yeah, you know, but, and, that, and that's not but, enough. But that's so, the thing. And, you know, the thing is, is that, like, I think that I would like to live in a state where, you know, say women like, are valued. Where women are valued, like say <laughs> children are valued. You know, say my. Who is this kid to him? Like, is there any kind uh, of? Isn't, uh, well, I, I forgot her name. I'm gonna have to. You look that up because what I'm getting on is like you know I'm thinking about you know like say if at some point, you know my granddaughter when she grows up and she decides you know I'm gonna live in New York City. And she's taking the subway, and the guy that she had arrested for stalking her is back out riding behind her in a seat on the MTA, you know, continuing to cause her alarm. I don't want her to live in a state like that where that's considered to be okay, where she feels threatened. Right. When that happens, fat grandpa and angry Jeff go down and take care of Lily. When that happens, vigilante vasectomy troop engages. Well, yeah. (laughs) The vigilante vasectomy troop is... VVT, you know, dude, dad, we need we need to wrap a, this up. This we're gonna is gonna go comic book <laughs> where, like, that's the event, dude. Do you have? I need Quentin Tarantino's phone number because Stat. the vasectomy <laughs> vigilante vigilante's troop is a. You know, come on. I don't don't think I want Tarantino to direct that, though. Yeah, but the thing is, is that Steve Buscemi would be so good in that. Oh, my word. (laughs) There'd be nobody better. You or me. Take your pick, really. Mm -hmm. Who plays you in a movie? Adam Scott plays me in a movie. Adam Scott plays you? Okay. Then I I guess Buscemi plays me. You're going to have to get stuck with Uma Thurman because she's in all of Twins. Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. That, oh, it's feet. That's why we want Tarantino. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's all about feet. <laughs> all about Uma Thurman's feet, too, right? So They have to be better than mine. Let's just be honest here. <laughs> so, but anyways. So, so anyways, we got this. So, listen, this has been fun. I like a blast. I, I like doing the joint episode here that we can have between, you know, Yes, the joint episode. We're allowed to have those now. We're allowed to have those now. But, um, you know, it's a good way to get this out. We aren't, so... we aren't though. <laughs> yeah, I know we're not. <laughs> we need the DMT. It may sound as though we are, but yeah. we're we are, not. Uh, no, we are not doing DMT. I'm running on 24 ounces podcast. of Stuart's coffee, and that's, that's impossible. it. <laughs> <laughs> it works for Joe Rogan. <laughs> Did you do DMT before, like, during his shows? I know he's done mushrooms. I don't know if he's actually done DMT during his Dude, shows. When you do but... DMT, usually you, like, shut right down. Yeah, I've you're... never done it, but, like, the... I, I don't. I don't. In the instances I've heard about, they don't uh, talk. Yeah. Usually, they just kind of like lay back on the couch and like get songs sang to them by mechanical elves or something. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't done it. Stay tuned. We'll have to check into that. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Next, next episode, Jeff and I are going to do a whole. See, I'm coming back from the West Coast after because I'm going to West Coast next oh, week. Oh man. And so, like, I'll just like see if I can bring some DMT back, and we'll just like, <laughs> you're, you're going to hear six hours of silence <laughs> on a show episode, because Jeff and I are just going to be sitting here staring it's at it. usually only last 15 to 20 minutes. I don't know. I don't know nothing Dude, about do it. do not do DMT. If you don't do the research, man, you can't do that. Okay. <laughs> so that's 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 how we're going to close this uh, combined telling, episode I'm here. I'm Charlie not to do drugs. Not to do drugs. 
Yes. So uh, exactly. I don't know how you usually end. I just say for Jeff Pitcher, Charlie Crable. Well, but I I'll guess I'll end with don't shoot on yourself, New York. As my mother would say, do not shoot on yourself. That, don't look back. Look amazing? ahead. Is that what they're doing? There's something amazing today? What's that? Not shooting on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Yes. Don't shoot on don't yourself. Don't shoot on yourself. Don't beat yourself up over the past. Just forge ahead in the future. And I really welcome those of you who would like to be part of the Mother's Day gathering. Please be there. Saturday, I'm sorry, Sunday, Mother's Day from 3 to 5 at the Capitol in Albany. And I'm sure it will be memorable. So thank you all so much for tuning in. And yeah, do something amazing today. I love you all.